show, Sports Hip Hop, DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio, goes by the name of Leslie. Leslie, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Congratulations on everything that you're achieving thus far. Good things take time. I know that's one of your recent EPs that you just dropped this year. So how's your day going? How's everything going? Uh, so far, I actually woke up and I felt a bit funny. So, yeah, I've been trying to. My, my throat has been aching a little bit. But apart from that, everything has been good. I hope everything's good because I know we have the pandemic going on out here. So I hope it's not COVID. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely not COVID. Definitely not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But how have you been musically lately? How's your, your mind space? How's everything going creatively? Uh, so far, so good. Um, it's been it's been a beautiful journey so far. Um, so for the past two months, it's, it's been kind of a, a restart to my career. So I've been doing music for about four or five years, but um, this year was a a re a rebirth of my persona. So um, I used to go by Kevin Pfeiffer, and now right. I go by Leslie, and and now it's it's very interesting and very it's been very very interesting to see the 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 new transition, to see the new fans, how people are adapting to the new sound and the new music. Yeah. What was the reason for the name change and and why did you choose the new name Leslie? Um, I'll say the 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 reason for the change was particularly to to branch off um of my old town. My old town was more of a discovery phase in which I was discovering what I what I was good at, what I wanted to talk about in my music and all that. But um, transitioning to Leslie um is more of a Okay, this is my zone. This is what I like to do. This is what I want people to hear from me. And the reason why I chose um, Leslie is because my first name is actually Leslie, and um, I, I just added the the accent on the second E to just you know spice it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're gonna go further because I feel as though you're trying to rebrand yourself, and like you said, you're trying to see how the fans are gonna interact with you. But you, you're moving forward this year. Were there were there people in your camp? Because I know you're connected with Grunge Cake. Was there people yeah. that you talked to before you made the name change? Because that's a big step in it changing something for your career. Yeah. So um, I talked. I before I the name change was actually made before I I collaborated with Grunge Cake. So. Um, uh, I remember when I was shooting, when I was recording the EP and we had the, the um, video shoot for the single spiritual. Um, we felt like we had to make a name change, particularly because we the the sound had changed, but also because um, my previous name wasn't as Googleable as this new name change. Because if you had searched that previous name, which was Kevin Pfeiffer, you would go and find a whole bunch of people that had that name, and so. Um, the reason for that name change was because of so many reasons, but yeah, yeah. I, I want to take it all the way back to the beginning so people can get a background about yourself. Tell me about where you grew up and how your musical influences started to begin in which you took this career in music and becoming a singer. Okay, so I grew up in Ghana. Um, I'm a Ghanaian man. And um, my musical influences began um from listening to the music that my parents used to listen to. So my parents li- used to listen to a whole variety of music. Um, they listened to our local music in Ghana, but they also listened to um, reggae and and R&B and hip hop on a minor scale, but more, most uh, often than not, it was R&B and reggae. And so this is where my interest for music began. And it really shot up when my fat, uh, my dad showed me um, Michael Jackson and his 
his catalog. And so when I got introduced to Michael Jackson and his discography and who he was as a star, I was I was very fascinated. And I think that was when I really told myself that I wanted to be a, an artist. And so my interest for music started from there. And then it still kept going, although my parents wanted me to be more in the um more focused on the academic route. And and it, it never died down until even um as I progressed to through high school, through college, I always had in the back of my mind that when I'm done with all this school stuff, even if I get a job, I'll still pursue the music. And and um it actually took me a while to take that bold step and I did a couple of years ago. And and so far it's been a very interesting journey to see that my music actually makes an impact and people actually feel it. Yeah. And that's my main goal for for music to make music that people feel because it was like from my first introduction of music see how my parents people that I look up to were feeling like music that they love so much I want I want to have that effect on others with my art good things take time now with everything you described in your life story so far and what you're going through is that why you chose the name your recent EP that title um yes the reason why I chose that title is because I said independent as an independent artist, I know all my independent artists can relate to this. Um, when you begin um, navigating the music journey, you quickly realize that it's not very straightforward. And you quickly realize that the promotional side and the marketing side and the, you putting yourself out there is significantly the main challenge. And so um, Good Things Take Time was just a reaffirmation for myself and not just myself, but those who have been following me, who have been following me and following me throughout the years that will actually get to the the dream goal of actually making a bigger impact that we we already have and so yeah that's why I named it the EP Good Things TikTok. What do you think has been the most the biggest barrier that you faced so far in getting into the industry because you went to school so you're right out of school so I, I understand that I can relate to that just coming out of college what would you say is the biggest mm-hmm. barrier that you faced thus far in trying to break through the industry is it getting played on the radio making connections what would you say it is um I was before I ever put out my first song um my the biggest barrier was um mastering the confidence to put myself out there and so um that was the first barrier. And after that happened and I put my music out there, it quickly became um, navigating how to be in front of everyone. And so that has gotten me interested in in things like Facebook ads and radio, like finding out who is, is responsible for playing radio. If I make a music video, how does it get on TV? All those things. Like, yeah. And so I'll say... If I if I have to be specific, well, not specific, but it's basically figuring out how to be in front of everyone's face. Yeah, that's been the, the, the main challenge, yeah. And social media can help out on that front as well, but when did you start really yeah. networking and digging deep here after college and, and connecting with Grunge Cake? Come again? Right. When did you really start to network with your music after building that confidence and connecting with people from Grunge Cake and on? Um, so, um, my networking experience quickly began when I, I started, I started paying attention to other people that were making the same music as me and other producers and engineers, because I wanted to, um, not just collaborate, but also learn from other people that have more years than I do. And 
in terms of networking, even with Grandscape, it's I don't know if um uh, Richardine, the the president of Grandscape, has ever told you, but um, meeting her was just a very beautiful coincidence in which uh, we were going to a music festival called Afro Nation in Puerto Rico, and it was uh, we were both looking for Ubers at the same time at the same place, and we couldn't find an Uber, and we quickly um, got uh, associated with each other. And, and she got to know about my music journey, and I got to know about her experience and and um, publicizing artists, not just in the States, but artists from back home in my country. And so um, that that is how that's transitioned to the, the, the networking world in that aspect. Tell me about when you came to the States, because I know that I, I read in your bio that you, you've been in America as well. Um, yeah, um, I'm actually currently in the States right now. In the States um, right now. I, I um I moved to the States almost ten years ago. Um um and I and I came here to study IT at Syracuse University. Um so um and that was there, twenty thirteen. And I was there for about four years. And then um and, and during that process I was still I was still a performer, but I was a, more of a dancer because I was very much the confident dancer, but I didn't want to put myself out there as an artist yet. But I was still observing um, other musicians that were doing their thing on campus and all of that. Because in my head, I was, I, I was telling myself, one day I'm going to do what you're going to do. But I was trying to ma- master up the, the, the confidence to put myself out there eventually. Yeah. Would you say for other artists out there and just what the experience that you've had so far and getting your music out there and getting your footing, would you say that people should make a move for their music career if they're either outside the States or even if they're in the States and something isn't going right in their own state home state that they live in? Do you think do you recommend them moving out and trying to pursue something further in another place if it isn't working in their hometown? Um, I would say, you know, the thing about technology is things are very like interesting. For example, right now, I mean, I'm currently in Seattle, Washington. And when I came here for the first time, I didn't really know that there was an African community. I I was aware that there was, but I didn't know that it will be as many people as I've come to encounter. And so um, nowadays with modern technology, if as an independent artist, you can quickly find out which the, the kind of people that listen to your genre of music easily by going through on social media or even Facebook advertisement. If you um, use targeting and you you can easily figure out, okay, okay, maybe I'm in a city that isn't a music town, but I can quickly grow up my fan base here by, okay, I can tell that, okay, maybe 10,000 people are here. So let me, let me start building up a fan base little by little. Let me do open mics. Let me, let me put myself out there and see how it goes um, because Thankfully, in the modern age of social media, you can quickly grow your fan base one by one, and it all it takes building um, that that community by um, garnering one person by one person by one person. And eventually, you never know what, how it can go. But um, I also say that um, artists should, um, in the few, in terms of um, longevity, you don't want to have regrets in the future because sometimes um, pursuing this business is very daunting sometimes. And what keeps me going is knowing that when I'm older, I don't want to look back and regret not taking that chance. And so if things seem too daunting, 
I, I think um, having that thought can smack you back into reality and make you um, and motivate you into making the next the next possible steps. Yeah. And I think that was well said right there, an important advice that you gave to the audience. I want to get into your artistic style because you're someone that brings Afro beats to R&B and that's unique in, mm-hmm. in nowadays. And has there been anyone that's told you that what makes you different and separates you from all the other artists out here right now in R&B? Yeah, a lot of people. Um, I think the world is quickly discovering that Afro beats isn't this one dimensional type of music in which is it's fast paced. It makes you want to dance. It's happy music all the time. Afrobeats is, is a giant tree, and it, it has many many branches. And so far, um, Afro R and B is has been growing um, exceptionally because even if people pay attention to some of the hits mm-hmm. that are in the mainstream in America, if you really listen to it, it's really Afro R and B because Essence that took off last year. Essence, I would say Essence is an Afro R and B record. They did. Um, Whiskey and Tans didn't even really speak their local languages. It was very, the cadences were very R&B-ish, but the production was was African. Yeah, and so um, I think um, how Afro R&B has taken over the American mainstream has made it easier for artists like me to even put my chest out and know that, okay, okay, I can actually do this in, in the States and it can go really far. Yeah. Are you currently looking for a deal with a record label? Have you had any talks with any yet? Um, currently, I'm, I won't say I'm actively um, looking um, towards a label. I'm, I'm putting a lot of my effort into perfecting my craft and growing my fan base independently. And God willing, if um, labels approach um, um, with any deals, that'll be fantastic. But um, I don't, put myself in the in the position of trying to gain that um, attention from label heads because sometimes it can distract you from doing the job doing the work that you are supposed to do as an artist and so um, I have this ton of vision in which I'm going I'm trying to find the people that can vibe to my music and grow um, gradually grow gradually and I know that eventually things will, will pick up Absolutely. It's going to happen soon. What are some things that you're working on this year? Because I know you got the new name, Leslie. So you're expanding mm-hmm. your brand, getting your audience up, getting your numbers up, getting more music out there. What are some things otherwise that I may have mentioned there that you're working on for 2022 to take the next step? Okay. So 2022, at the moment, I'm working on a second EP that will be dropped, um, hopefully at the end of summer. And, and, and I'm also trying to um, make collaborations happen with uh, different artists that sound just like me, but and I'm a fan of their work. And so right now I'm working on collaborations and a second EP for the rest of the year. Yeah. Who are some artists when you get the opportunity and you start really linking up here? Who are some artists you're interested in working with? It could even be dream collaborations. Um. So um, I know I I know a good friend of mine. He's based um, um on the East Coast. He's called Sano. He's a He's basically an Afro R&B artist. He's someone that I really want to make music with. And um, I, any dream collaborations, I will say my biggest dream collaboration is with Chris Brown. Yeah, Chris I'm Brown. a huge Breezy fan. And yeah, and I'm, and I know he has a new album coming, so I'm very excited to listen to that. But yeah, um, the biggest dream collaboration will be with we're breathing yeah what is it about chris brown because you're a big fan what is it about it when you listen to his vocals his artistic style what is it that appeals to you that you're such a big fan of his music 
um, the biggest appeal of Chris Brown is his um, performance or um, I just, I think I'm naturally drawn to performers because I already mentioned that um, Michael Jackson is my favorite artist. Big and time. Breezy is, yeah, and Breezy is, is also a big favorite of mine. And so if I, when I look at the similarities, I think, I think that their performers are, of course, they're amazing um, musicians and they make great music. But I think the fact that um, you are so willing to go and see them on stage, you're so willing to go and see them at a concert makes me, that's the biggest um, draw to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you had any performances yet this year or prior last year at all? I know it's um, a little difficult with the pandemic, but there's performances are pretty much back on. Um, yes, I had my most recent performance was a couple months ago. Um, actually, it's, it's actually almost a half a year ago in December, um, back home in Ghana. Um, it was opening up for an artist called Jackie. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I opened up for her uh, back in December and it was an amazing experience. Um, getting to see how fans reacted to music of mine that did they weren't aware of but it gave me that confidence knowing that okay if when it's time for my shows people will be very excited for my shows because they did they weren't aware of my music but they were very excited to listen to me because of how i i was confident on that stage yeah what's something that you noticed once you came back to the states and you were making music here and you took back home that was different and something that you didn't even realize when you were back home making music that you you took while being in the states well that's a good question Hmm. a contrast in making music hmm i've never thought about that Um, so you're saying, you're asking, um, what is something that I, I did back home that I didn't do here, but, and vice versa? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've, I've never thought about that. I've never, like, looked back at, uh, I would say, hmm, I'll, I think the only different thing that I've done back home is perhaps um, like work with bigger producers and starters songs from scratch. Yeah, because here I've, I don't really know of any. Um, usually, my my creation process here is going on YouTube, listening to beats that I like, and then uh, with those beats, I I record on those beats. But when I'm back home, I usually because I know a lot of producers. Mm-hmm. I usually start from scratch. Yeah. And you and people tend to like those songs better. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Yeah. I'll I'll say that's the only contrasting thing that I can think of at the moment. I've actually never thought about that. That's <laughs> no, yeah. but it's interesting. You, you you brought forth what what you have experienced, you know, being back home and then what you learn here and what you apply going back home. No, it's just interesting, but Leslie, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know that we didn't cover here today that you want to let your listeners and fans know that you have on the way? Um, I love my audience to go and listen to Good Things Take Time, and you find it under the name Leslie, so the it's L-E-S-L-E with the accent, Y, and um, you can find me on social media, every social media platform at Leslie Nest, which is L-E-S-L-E-Y-Y-N-E-S-S. That's Leslie Ness, L-E-S-L-E-Y-Y-N-E-S-S. 
Yeah. Got it. Make sure you go follow him. Check out his music. It's available on all platforms. YouTube. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to um, get a viral post. I've been posting recently and so far I haven't gotten that traction yet, but I know it's going to come very soon. Eventually, it's great for artists. I know that's how you get it your is. footing because Instagram, it's all about if you're the big company out there, you're the big artist yeah. already. The algorithms are yeah. all crazy. But TikTok, you, you yeah. have a chance 100%. Leslie, I want to thank you for coming on the show here today, man. I enjoyed chopping it up thank here you. with you. Shout out to everyone, Andy Alexis and Richard Dean and everyone at Grunge Cake for setting this up. And, you know, anytime that you need any promo, just let me know and, and I'll plug you into the show. Of course, of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Stay safe, all right? You too. You too. All right, man. Peace out, man. Peace out.